Hey, everybody. My name's Sean Flynn. I was the host of Witness Friendly Fire from Campside Media. I just want to jump in for a second to tell you about a new show from Campside that I am totally stoked for. It's called Running Smoke, and it's hosted by our own resident NASCAR fan, Rajiv Gola. It's about a race car driver who gets caught up in an enormous drug bust that eventually leads to a groundbreaking civil rights trial. Rajiv and his team spent more than a year investigating this, and it's like nothing you've heard before. I'll let him take it from here. Race fans, the moment has arrived. Drivers, start your It's July 19th, 2015, and we're in Loudoun, New Hampshire at the Magic Mile. We're going racing, baby. Who will hoist the lobster at the end of 301 laps from New Hampshire Motor Speedway? 43 of the country's best drivers have gathered here for the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series 5-Hour Energy 301. On the line is a checkered flag, a quarter-million-dollar purse, and NASCAR's only living trophy, a 20-pound lobster named Loudon. Want to take a look at our starting grid as the car's about to roll off of pit road. On the front row, Carl Edwards with his first Magic Mile pull. And first since 2013, he's next to two-time New Hampshire winner, Joey Logano. And then, way, way in the back, starting in 42nd place, is the jet black number 33 Chevy, driven by a man named Derek White. Even though Derek is 45 years old, he's a rookie here in New Hampshire. It's his first time ever racing in the NASCAR Cup Series, his first time running with the big dogs. For a guy that's been racing since he was a teenager, this is a dream come true. Fans are on their feet here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Green flag is in the air. Green flag, green flag, green flag. Giddy up and go, the green flag is up. To call Derek an underdog wouldn't be totally accurate because Derek doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell at winning this race. He's starting last in a car that's a few miles per hour off the pace, even on its best days. Carl Edwards got up behind the 98 of Timmy Hill and was three wide. Pass for the lead. Kyle Busch to the inside. Can he make it stick? In the end, he finished in 39th place, 10 laps behind the leader. The TV announcers never mentioned his name, and the cameras only showed his car for a split second. But that's a damn shame, because Derek is making history here. Derek White is a Mohawk from Canada and he's the first indigenous person ever to drive in the NASCAR Cup Series. Instead of putting up ads for Oscar Mayer or Viagra on his car, he chose to paint the Mohawk warrior flag on his hood. Derek was a real hero back home, an inspiration for his community. What he didn't know was that police were watching his every move. They were wiretapping his phone, tailing his vehicles, and intercepting all his messages because they believed Derek was a major figure in a criminal organization made up of South American drug cartels, Canadian gangsters, and outlaw bikers. Just a few months after his NASCAR debut, Derek White would go from being the pride of the community, someone the entire Mohawk nation could stand behind, to the person splitting it apart. From Campside Media and Dan Patrick Productions, this is Running Smoke. The story of a race car driver taken down in an international police state and how he might change the future of native rights. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Go racing, you bunch of 
episode one. Welcome to Ganawage. My name is Rajiv Gola, and I grew up in Florida, between the Volusia County dirt track and the Daytona Speedway. If I hadn't been blessed with severe motion sickness and a voice made for podcasting, I might have become a race car driver instead of a journalist. So you can understand why I've been hooked on Derek's story since it made headlines back in 2016. In what it called the largest raid of its kind in America, Quebec Provincial Police carried out Operation My Gale, aimed at dismantling what they called a drug, tobacco, and money laundering ring. On Wednesday, 700 police officers carried out a bus that netted more than 100,000 pounds of contraband tobacco, 1,800 pounds of cocaine, and millions in cash. Nearly 60 people across Canada and the U.S. were arrested on narcotics, smuggling, and money laundering charges. It was the biggest bust in years, and Derek was accused of being a major figure in the criminal organization. Then, I learned that Derek was taking his case all the way to Canada's constitutional court. This rookie race car driver, who was accused of being a major player in a criminal operation, was taking on the Canadian government for his rights as an indigenous person, and it looked like he actually had a case. So I started looking into Derek's story and put thousands of miles on my car, tracking down indigenous leaders, undercover investigators, and contraband smugglers. And what I learned was that this story is about much more than race cars and a drug bust. It's about what it means to be indigenous in the modern world. I knew that the first step to telling the story was to find Derek and find out who he really was. So that's what I did back in 2019, shortly after he appealed his case. I packed my car and spent three days covering the 1,400 miles from Florida to Montreal. When I got there, it turned out to be a lot easier to find Derek than you might think. I knew that aside from racing, he ran a grocery store in Ganawage, the Mohawk territory where he lived. So I left a message for him at the Mohawk market, and he met me in the parking lot about 20 minutes later. How's it going? All right, you know, doing all right. Just came through? Oh, yeah. Derek hopped out of a black work van wearing roughed up boots, some old jeans, and a dusty Carhartt jacket. He looked like any good old boy I'd seen down at the track in my hometown. I made my pitch, said I wanted to tell his story. He crossed his arms and chewed on a toothpick while I talked. He was just totally unreadable. He didn't seem too happy I was there. But then, Derek saw my Florida plates. He seemed impressed that I'd driven all the way up just for him. He got back in the van, popped the door, and told me to get in. Yeah, you don't need your seatbelt. You're under arrest, <laughs> and you're with me, so you don't need a seatbelt. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, just search for Running Smoke wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to have a new episode up for you every week. Thanks for listening.